For more interviews with leading figures in Asia from the world of business and beyond, head to the App Store or Google Play to download the Tiger Hall app. It is actually really important for companies to think about inclusion and diversity as part of their ability to drive innovation and growth, as well as to attract the talent that they need. Especially in a world where there is a lot of disruption going on, and there's a need to rethink the talent agenda in a way that attracts the best talent. We're in the Tiger Hall with Grace Yip, head of HR at Accenture in ASEAN. Grace, we're going to be talking about how to be a really inclusive leader and the most prominent issues you see. So, Grace, lots of people like to think they're very inclusive, but in reality, there's actually quite a lot of falling short. So, could you tell me why do you think inclusion in the workplace is so important? Thank you. I'm really glad to be on the Tiger Hall podcast, and I thought I'll start today's session with uh, a quote that I feel really resounds with me. And the quote is: "Diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance." and belonging is dancing like no one's watching. And I read it on LinkedIn by a guy called Gregory Lewis, and I really related to this comment because I'm very passionate about building inclusive organisations and environments where people feel like they belong. I often say the big litmus test to knowing if there is inclusion in your teams or your organisations is by asking a very simple question. The first thing I would do is talk to a group of people, find the person who is most different from everybody in the group, and then ask the person one question: Do you feel you belong and can thrive as your authentic self? It is a litmus test, isn't it? Yeah, I like that very much. Yeah. So depending on the answer of that question, and if you pose that question to a number of different groups in the organization. You probably, beyond any other KPI or metric, be able to get a sense as to whether that organization is truly inclusive and creates a sense of belonging. And this is really important in today's world for a number of reasons. The first reason is it is an incredibly important element to drive innovation in an organization. The ability to Have diverse opinions, experiences come together where people feel that it is safe enough to voice their ideas, to be part of a team, and that inclusion is an important element of driving innovation. And that's also something that we found in、uh, Accenture's Getting to Equal 2019 research. It is the ability to create a culture of equality is a powerful multiplier for innovation and growth. It is also something that I see that truly attracts talent in today's world. Many people do want to feel like they are part of an organization and contributing to the impact that 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 organization can create. And feeling included, regardless of their experience, their backgrounds, all of that has become a more important deciding factor. Not just for Gen Zs or Millennials, but I see across essentially all the different generations that are in the workforce. I think the talent market in today's world is incredibly open and mobile. 
people are looking to belong to a community. And they actually do ask a lot of uh, their friends or people who they know in the organization. And they think very much about this. And I have my own personal experiences talking to people who have just joined us uh, or uh, people who um, have made decisions about being Accenture. And they often tell me, looking for a company that is strong in inclusion and diversity and really lives out those uh, values that they believe in is an important decision that they make. So I think for those reasons, it is actually really important for companies to think about inclusion and diversity as part of their ability to drive innovation and growth, as well as to attract the talent that they need, especially in a world where there is a lot of disruption going on and there's a need to really rethink the talent agenda in a way that attracts the best talent. So what are some things that people might be doing unknowingly that might come across as being uninclusive? I think that there are so many things that is probably better to perhaps turn this question on its head and maybe rephrase as to what are some of the things that we can do to drive a culture of inclusion so that we can create a positive environment? And there are things that we can do at an organization level, uh, as leaders, and also as individuals. Again, with reference to the, the research that we did called Getting to Equal in 2019, uh, we found that there were about 40 factors that form a culture of equality. And these factors can be categorized into three pillars. The first is creating an empowering environment. The second is bold leadership. And the third is comprehensive action. And when organizations uh, are demonstrating these three elements, it is correlated with an innovation mindset of at least six times higher than companies that don't actually have these elements. And in Singapore, we found that it's actually nine times higher. So it's a very, very powerful thing to focus on these elements. So when we talk about empowering environments, it's one that creates trust with employees, Respect individuals offer the freedom to be creative, to work and learn flexibly. Bold leadership talks about really having a committed, diverse leadership team that sets, shares and measures equality targets openly. So really being very visible in their support for inclusion and diversity. And then comprehensive action actually talks about the policies and practices that practically are in place to support inclusion and diversity. Are there family-friendly practices? Is there support for all genders? Are we looking at more bias-free approaches to attracting and retaining people? All of that come together at an organisation level. In an ideal world, Grace, what would you like to see happen or change with regard to inclusivity and how can leaders be a part of pushing this change forward? I can offer two very practical suggestions, even <laughs> as I think about my role as a leader. I think the first thing that we have to be very conscious of is language. The language that we choose to use. Because as role models in an organisation, people often observe the way we speak about certain situations, the words we choose to use, or sometimes even the so-called unwitting jokes that we make. All of this actually drives a bit around the culture 
of what is acceptable and not acceptable and whether we make people who are different from us comfortable to be part of our teams or not. So the words have an ability to create this impact. In particular, we can always think about the type of jokes that we make and whether those jokes, what people might laugh it off, does it actually hint to an uninclusive environment? Uh, and we have to be careful about how people interpret a lot of what we say because we may have good intentions, but the words that we choose to use may create a different impact when it goes out to different groups of people. So I often encourage leaders to think about what we say among our teams and whether we are including people in our actions. Again, I always say, look for the person who's most different. And if you are taking extra steps to make sure that individual is being cared for, feels included, is being asked of his or her opinions. And I think those words and the language that we use and the way we use language to include other people can go a very, very long way. The other thing that I have seen that is a very practical way of building inclusion is to be careful about the assumptions that we make on people. Uh, a practical example would be uh, if you think about returning to work mothers coming back into an organisation and knowing that as a group they do often have um, specific challenges that they encounter as they try and transition back. Sometimes it's easy to put our own perspectives as to what they may need and make these assumptions that, hey, if this is how I handled it as a returning to work mother or this is how my wife has handled it or my sister has handled it, then you should be doing the same. A more inclusive approach to it is not to have these assumptions on people, but to ask the question, how can I care more? What do you need so that we can support you through this transition? What are you most concerned about? By putting aside some of our assumptions on what it takes to create a more inclusive environment, a, an environment that allows people to come back into the workforce, for example, in terms of returning to work mothers, that creates an opportunity for us to really be able to meet the needs of people where they need it. So a combination of using the right language, putting aside our own assumptions and listening very actively, truly putting an individual at the centre of uh, what we choose to do to care for them, I think those are some of the very practical things that leaders can do. And our actions speak volumes. Very often what we do is actually through a magnifying glass or a loud hailer. So you'd be surprised at how some of these small actions that we take actually can create a, uh, an, a very strong impact in our organisation. And people actually see these things and they will start to emulate it. In regards to... The language, just playing devil's advocate here. I mean, I know that there'll be people listening to this thinking, God, we're just becoming too PC. Like, we're scared to say anything in case we say something wrong. Are you able to give me some specifics? Like, these are the dangerous things that people say. This is specifically what we must be very careful of in our language. Maybe the way I, I've tried to address that is to explain explicitly what I mean rather than to be implicit in it and assume people understand. So often when I make a comment, I try and give examples of, of what I mean. 
so that people understand the context to which I'm saying something because it could be taken out of context. So I find that in today's world, it's still important to make a point and to make a strong point because as leaders, we do need to be courageous in whatever we feel strongly about. But we should take an extra minute or two to elaborate, to give examples so that the context to which we are articulating something becomes clearer and it does not get taken out of context. Are there any particular examples of something where this has happened, where something was said, it was taken out of context and it caused an issue? I think in an an example would be where we have clearly articulated in Accenture that we want to achieve a 50-50 gender parity by 2025. And the things that we do to support women to be able to achieve that. Uh, And we have both men and women in our workforce today. We've taken extra care to help people understand the principles to which we live by. First of all, it is about the fact that we support performance and that doesn't change even as we support women. And we also talk a lot about the fact that supporting different genders may require different things and equality does not mean the same. Equal can also mean different and the different needs of different groups of people. And we try and help people understand how the things that we do to enable women does not disadvantage men. And we need to be careful with some of the things that we do because we have to be able to position in a way that people understand what we're trying to achieve and not create a negative environment. And it is kind of careful treading, right? It's not always easy. We may not always get it right. But we have to take the time to understand the emotions the perspectives and be brave enough to address them as they come up along our way. So I suppose just err on the side of caution and if you're not sure if you're saying something wrong, maybe ask, double check. Yeah, and explain mm. right, the, the context and the reasons why. Because I think a lot of misunderstanding can be uh, mitigated with an openness of conversation and giving real examples and sharing what we really mean. Okay. Well, I'm wondering, do you have any examples of... Um, how you have tried to play your part as an inclusive leader. Any stories you can share there? Yeah, sure. Um, I am extremely passionate, actually, about uh, mental wellness. And and in Accenture, we have many pillars, right? We have gender diversity, LGBT, persons with disability. And the reason why I'm really passionate about this is because when you look around, um, we all have someone that we know, either friends or family, that at some point in time was challenged from a mental wellness and mental health uh, perspective. And in fact, if you look at the context in Singapore, a recent study by the Institution of um, Mental Health showed that about one in seven adults in Singapore experience a mental health condition in their lifetime and more than three quarters do not seek help because there is a lot of stigma around it. So over the last uh, year and a half, we launched our program uh, on the 10th of October in 2018 and I was really uh, encouraged and very positively surprised by the number of colleagues uh, in Singapore who are really, really passionate about it. Many leaders, actually, that uh, stepped up and said, hey, Grace, I really think that this is important. I want to champion this. Uh, And we have many champions in the business, managing directors like myself, uh, that lead 
you know, this uh, endeavor and champion it among leaders and among their teams. So very practically, we've done uh, a number of key things. First of all, we actually launched a survey internally to understand uh, what people thought about mental wellness and so that we had a baseline and we wanted to improve from the baseline. We wanted to create an environment that made it more accepting of having conversations about mental wellness, uh, creating support structures that will allow people to speak up without a fear of being ridiculed or not being able to get support. So uh, we've actually created a mental health ally program of which after a year and a half, we've got about 150 mental health allies across uh, our Singapore office. And we've got another 120 on our waiting list to get through the uh, training program to be qualified as mental health allies. And we've also looked at enhancing our medical benefits. And so in the last two years, we have enabled our employees to use uh, specialist outpatient benefits for mental wellness matters without the need of a referral letter so they can use it as they feel they need to. Okay, all well, sounds very proactive and, and fantastic. Um, okay, in closing, if somebody thinks they're an inclusive leader... What would you say are three things you recommend they ask themselves to challenge how well they're actually doing? So I would uh, say definitely do the litmus test. I think beyond anything, that will really give you a sense of where you are today and what you can do better. Be open in understanding the perspectives of someone who is very different from you. I think in creating an environment that you can have conversation and meaningful conversations is the first step to creating an environment and awareness. Uh, and when you are openly listening to people and their different perspectives, it might change yours, it just might. And so I say that we all can play a part and we all should play a part. And in closing, I, I kind of remember the U2 concert that I recently went to. And I remember this screen that they had this uh, quote that Bono said uh, that flashed across the big screen. And he said, none of us are equal until all of us are equal. And I think that is an incredible ambition to strive towards today, tomorrow and into the future as leaders. 